may be seated today. We've been talking about uh, prayer and, and answered prayer and, and, you know, the question I've been getting asked a lot is, why aren't my prayers getting answered? And, and anyway, been hearing that a lot. And I keep going back to is that it's, it's hard to trust somebody that you don't know. And, and I think that the most important part of prayer is knowing who you're praying to. And, and even like today is that that songs that, to be honest with you, songs we sang today should be moving us all. Uh, and and I, I, I hope that you were in deep meditation on the songs that were sang today because I kept thinking the whole time we were singing today, that's our Super Bowl. Uh, you know, we're Super Bowls today, and by the way, I, I must be converting you guys because I only counted 22 red shirts in this house today. So that means you guys are lean and purple from what I see, but, but no, I'm, yeah, here we go, here we go. But now what was I saying? Uh, but anyway, the, uh, we need to, the Super Bowl, thank you, Joe. Joe uh, bailed me out here and, and but we started off singing about that day when Christ is coming back. And, and, you know, part of what I may get into today is if, if we're troubled or afraid, when we hear that, then maybe we don't know Jesus like we should. Right. And because and, that is our Super Bowl. That's, right. uh, that's what we should be longing for and looking for. And again, I believe that's why the disciples were so powerful is that they knew, again, to be absent from the body was to be with Christ. They knew the afterlife was better than this life, and they were willing to give up everything for that Super Bowl, their, that eternal life. But then the, the things we sang about in the, the words and, and the hymn that we sang and the, the end song that we sang were just praising Him because He is all that we are. And, and I hope... You know, I was thinking down this week, and I wasn't trying to get off on all this today, but but they've had a countdown on about anything I could uh, got onto this week, a countdown to the Super Bowl. And is there a countdown clock going into our mind on Christ's return? Really, think about that. Is, is our mind thinking that way? Are we doing a countdown and praying that way? And so, again... I don't say all these things to condemn everybody today. It's, it's again, the center in and, and what's really important. Uh, and, again, our New Year's resolution is to remain in him. So we're reminding ourselves every week that we need to be remaining in him. And so my, we started off a series on prayer last week, and I thought we'd get all through seven points last week. We only got through three. And But my response to why aren't our prayers getting answered is, is confidence in who we are. Confidence in who we are in Jesus Christ. And we talked about last week, we read out of Matthew chapter 4, and you could also read the same account in Luke 4, about how Jesus had great confidence after being in prayer for 40 days and 40 nights. How he was just sacrificing all he could to know God more and to get to know the Father. So he was very confident in his prayer. He was very confident in defeating Satan, and he did. But in the same way, we can have that same confidence. We have that same confidence. 
as we shared last week, Hebrews said, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. You know, we have that confidence in Jesus Christ, but if we're not talking to him, spending time with him, how can we be confident in him? You know, it's a lot of times you're like me, you don't think about Jesus until you need something. And we need to think about Jesus before we need something. Then we won't need anything. Get that? I I have to say that again, but I wasn't planning on saying that. But what I just said, think again. (laughs) But we talked about we need to overcome unbelief and how the disciples, you know, were questioned about their unbelief and asked why. And then Jesus said, pray. That's how you overcome unbelief. You get to know me a little better, get to know God a little better. And the second point we talked about was guard your mind. Uh, Guys, we put so much into our minds that that may not even be bad, but but we got so much going into our minds that we we can't focus on Christ. Um, I was telling Joe that, that Friday I decided I was taking a day off work and I watched three John Wayne movies. And, and, and you probably thought, well, we're going to hear about John Wayne all day today. Because if I focus on that all the time, that's what I'm going to think about all the time. And really, there's good morals and some good things in them old movies. But, but, but why aren't we spending that time on Christ? And, and, and really getting into who Christ is. Because I can tell you, after watching those three John Wayne movies, it would be hard for me to just step into the pulpit. But when I, what I do before I get in the pulpit, I spend time in prayer. I seek God, and, and I prepare myself to get in the pulpit. That's where we should be with our lives. Right. And again, guard your minds. And we talked on things last week that, 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 that govern our minds, things that we observe. And we talked about that what we observe on TV, what we observe around in our, our day-to-day activities. But who do we associate with? And what are we getting from the people we associate with? And then we get into the teaching. What are we being taught? What are we listening to? If, if we continually listen to, to news that we believe in and think it's good news, as far as worldly news, it's still not God's good news. And we need to, to guard our minds. And then we need to ask. And Joe, you prayed that earlier. I thought that was moving your prayer a minute ago. But those that ask, receive mercy. Uh, uh, Yes, God's took care of it. But if you don't ask to be saved, then you're not going to get it. Think about that. And so we need to ask. And and, and what do you need from God? We talked about that. And I struggled with that last week because what do I need from God? That always seems like I need something. We always need something. And, and, and so I don't like saying that because we need to get in the habit where we just go to God because we want to be with him. But we got to ask. And, and really, guys, until we get ourselves taken care of, you know, Christ met the needs of the people before he dealt with the spiritual a lot of times. And so it doesn't hurt to ask. But we also need to realize that God responds in different ways. And Toddy, I didn't have a chance to really dig into this, what I wanted to get, or what you sent me the other day, but, 
But Adrian Rogers preached an awesome sermon on on four different ways God answers prayers. And I want to throw them out there because uh, first off, one, he said, deny. God just may say no. And, And we've talked about that a little bit last week. If our prayers aren't his will, he's going to say no because he don't want to hurt us. He's looking out for us. But even if you're, you're in God's will and you're praying according to God's will and, and you're burdened for Jesus, and why isn't he answering my prayer? He said he may be delaying it. God may be strategically delaying answering your prayer. And he got off on, a, on Zechariah and Elizabeth in Luke 1. He answered their prayer immediately. But it was a few years later before they noticed it. And what happened is, is they lost, they lost confidence in their prayer because Elizabeth grew old. I've been praying that for years and now I'm too old. When God just delayed it, why to glorify him? And so that's the other thing that our prayers that we pray should be prayed to glorify him. And so he may be delaying. You know, when I think of that, that, I remember going to dad on the Spanish ministry and I knew God told me we needed to do the Spanish ministry. And dad said, no, Ken, it's, it's no. And, and that's probably the, the sharpest agreement we had is about that sharp. It wasn't any more than that. I think the most I said to him, I walked out of the office and said, dad, we snooze, we lose. That's about as heavy as it was because I respected him. But it was a timing thing. It was seven years later. God told me and and answered that prayer, and God moved in that way. But he had to set it up. He delayed it to glorify him. Received a call Friday. on they're, They're organizing the new territories, if you will, for the GMC. And, and the bishop reached out to and wants Oakton to be a part of that, of this new district that we're not even a part of yet. And I told him, we're not even there yet. We haven't even voted on that yet. He goes, have you disaffiliated? And I said, yeah, we have, but we're, we're not doing anything right now. We're, we're staying independent for a while until we decide. He goes, I don't care, still come. God's using Oakton, but it took some time in that specific area. And so there may be a delay to your prayer. Um, It may be different is another thing he said. In other words, God may answer your prayer, but it may be significantly different from the way you prayed it. And I'll, I'll just settle this easily. How many of you married the person that you prayed for first? I'm glad I didn't. Because I prayed for a lot of women before I married Karen. Oh, God, just give me this girl. Oh, God, just give me this one here. Oh, she'll make my life perfect. Have you been there? So God answered my prayer with a wife for me. And I'm glad that it was different. And then it may be direct. He just may say, okay, boom. Because we get them. I, that's what always disturbs me the more, most is, is I'll be praying on something. Oh, oh, spend a lot of time here. And it hadn't happened yet. 
because he may be doing one of these three things. Then, and then I'll pray something else and boom, it just happens. And so we got to trust God in all these things. But the key to it all is, is point four that we're going to pick up from last week. And point four is that we need to learn to pray according to God's will. And so to best pray and best learn how to pray and to make sure that we're, we're where we need to be, the best thing we can do is learn how to pray according to God's word. And so today the title of the sermon is God's word is his will. We need to get a hold of that. God's word is his will. Now I could, I could chase rabbits today and I'm trying to be intentional today because I want to get through this, but, but Jesus is the word, John 1, 1 tells us. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and that word became flesh in verse 14, which is Jesus. So Jesus is that word come to life. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But we need to learn how to pray according to God's will. 1 John five fourteen says, and this is the confidence. Again, I believe we need confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And so he's, he's going to do one of these three things. He's going to delay, he's going to be different, or he's going to be direct. Because if you're praying according to his will, he's not going to say no. You getting me on that? So we need to, to pray according to his word, and then we need to be sensitive to whether he's delaying or he's a little different from what we're thinking or direct. A lot of things ministry-wise that, that we started for Oakland, we might have thought was going to be this way, but it ended up a little different this way because God was moving us and shaping us to where he wanted us to be. So we need to learn to, to seek him and find him where he's at and so that we can come around him with our prayers. So again, we do that by remaining in him. But I want you to turn to John 14 and and again, I'll be referring back to Luke and, and, and Matthew for some. But John 14, was that coming from a red shirt or was that just, a, I was curious. I just, I was just curious. John 14, I can't be doing that. It just takes away from things, right? Amen. Yes. Yes. And they're talking to me now. And that really doesn't bother me. So don't think I'm drawing you out. So uh, my dad bothers me more than that baby's bothering me. <laughs> he, he got more cheers today. Larry's going to be here tonight. <laughs> Man. I'm not even sure I'm coming now. It starts out, let not your hearts be troubled. <laughs> John 14, 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus speaking. In my Father's house, heaven, are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, that's that rapture, Jesus coming back, and I will take you to myself, 
that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So to pray according to God's will is first off, we got to get connected to him. We got to believe in God. We got to believe in Jesus. Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And that's what we should be living for more than anything else. We need to realize that God is taking care of us. Jesus is looking out for us. Jesus is preparing that perfect place for you. So guys, if you're troubled today, do you know him? You know, I, I really wonder if, if we fear death. Now, I'm not saying being anxious because, you know, when things get tough, we get anxious. But do we give in to fear of death? Because if we really know Jesus, then we shouldn't fear death. So don't let your hearts be troubled. Troubled means anxious, worried, concerned, perturbed, disturbed, bothered. What troubles us today? That's what I would be praying about. Jesus, why does this trouble me? Father, show me. Because your word says you are the way, the truth, and the life. And Father, I want to come to you. You see, Jesus is teaching us how to pray. So are you troubled? That's what I'd be praying about. When your spirit's uneasy, sometimes my spirit gets uneasy and it's the Lord trying to direct me to pray for something. So what's troubling you today? Well, if you're saved, then then God was troubling me. But pray for those things. But we need to know him. A lot of us said, if like Thomas said, if we could just know God, it would be easy. Man, Jesus, if, if I knew God like you did, it'd be easy. Some of us say, if, if I was a disciple, it'd be easy. Which I didn't biblical because what Jesus said, you want me to be gone. Because the Holy Spirit's going to do more for you than, than me being here. Look up that scripture. I had you look up one last week and some of you got back to me and we're going to talk about it later. But guys, I say to you, you know God. You know God as much as you want to know God. And Jesus gets into this. In 4.7 he says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on you do not know him. From now on you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father And it is enough for us. So Philip jumps in there and Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me? Philip, whoever has seen me, Jesus, has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, 
I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the works themselves. And so Jesus was saying, when you see me, you're seeing God. And guys, when we pick up that word and we read about Jesus, that's God. So you can't go around saying God hates me because Jesus came after you. God came after you. You can't say that God condemned me to hell. I have no way when John 3, 17 says there's no, or actually Romans 8, 1 says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But John 3, 17 says that Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. So God wants to save the world. So why do we think God's our enemy? And why do we think God's cursing us? Why do we think God's doing all these horrible things to us? Did Jesus do any horrible things? And Jesus said, let my miracles speak for who God is. If you can't see God in me, the very last thing he said is, let my miracles speak towards that. The works I did. What works did he do? He healed people that didn't deserve to be healed. He delivered people that didn't deserve to be delivered. He set people free that didn't deserve it. He forgives sins for people that didn't deserve it. But we had to ask. Guys, we know God. It's up to you how much. This last week, uh, I think I shared with you guys, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm pushing church attendance and I'm pushing Wednesday night church attendance and I'm pushing care groups because the more we do that, the more we know God. Uh, do you think I do this to put feathers in my hat? But, but again, I told you about the New Year's Eve party I went to. I don't get to go to care groups like you guys can. Because there's something about every night that I need to do. I'm always giving it out. But going to that care group with Todd's here and Amanda's the other night, man, it blessed my socks off. It, it ministered to me for days. Then I went to the missions the other night, a missions team on Thursday met for prayer and just, just hanging out in God. And, and we just began to pray and, and quote scripture and, and just say what God's speaking to us. And, and to be honest with you, Jeremy, me and Karen were cutting out early because we had to get up early the next day. But we didn't leave early because we were getting blessed. Because God will feed us and nurture us more than sleep would. And it, it, it was a wonderful time in the Lord. And Satan wants to rob that time from you. And he wants to get our minds on all these other things. That's why we need to guard our minds. That's why it's so important that, that we need to make a point and be intentional about going to church and, and going to Wednesday nights or going to care groups because it's important. It's important. We need fed. We'll get to know the Father. Father. 
And this is what the cool thing is that Jesus revealed to me. And it's in there. I read it all the time. You know, and you read something over and over and over and you get something different. Jesus said, you can know me, know God. So you choose me. It's the first thing we talked about in the first passage of Scripture. Second thing is you know God. God's got your back. And then the third thing he says in John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So Jesus is saying, when you get so full of God, you get to know me first, lay all your troubles down, get to seeking me, and you get to know God through me, Jesus. And man, you're going to get to a point that, that there is so much power and authority in you that you're going to know what to pray and you're going to walk in the room and you're not going to know how to pray. You're going to know how to dress things and you're going to do greater works than Jesus did. Jesus' own words because he's gone to be with the Father. Man, that's pretty high commission, isn't it? You know, that's John's commission when, you know, Mark says go into all the world and preach the gospel in Mark 16. Jeremy preached on Matthew 28 when Matthew's version was again going to the world. Well, John's was here. You know God so much. Man, you get so full of God, you're going to change the world. Because you're going to know exactly how to pray because you know God. And whatever you say, God's going to answer. Just the same way as he did Jesus. Jesus prayed it and God answered it. So again, our prayers need to line up with God's will. And how do we know God's will is by spending time with him and getting to know him. I want you to go to back. I'm going to skip this part, but, but go back in your spare time. And, and, uh, and Jesus, when he confronted Satan... In Luke 4 and Matthew 4, and Satan attacked his flesh. And Jesus quoted the scripture out of Deuteronomy 8 in Matthew 4 4. And then these slides will be behind me if you're writing things down. But, but when in his, uh, Satan then attacked his spirit, he couldn't get to his flesh. So he attacked his spirit. And Jesus quoted uh, Matthew 6. And, and anyway, that was from Deuteronomy 6 16. And then, then he went after pride. That's the hardest thing, you know. Uh, Satan can attack our flesh. We can come overcome that. Satan can act, attack our spirit. We can usually overcome that. But, but when he starts messing with our pride and what people think about us and about measuring up and a bit about all that, uh, that pride gets hit. We get, it gets a little tougher. But again, Jesus responded well because he knew God and he quoted Deuteronomy 6.13. And so my point in all this is Jesus knew God so much that when he was attacked in the flesh and the spirit and pride of life, the same way that Adam and Eve are, the same way that you will be, and that's, I can preach a whole sermon on that, that, that when you know God and you quote his scripture, then you're going to get through it and you pray according to his scripture. And, and if, if it's good enough for Jesus, then it ought to be good enough for us. 
And so, again, find a scripture that, that lines up with what you're praying and pray it. And then if it's not answered, again, it may be delayed. Go back to that thought. Or it may be different. But the next thing in here is we need to operate in God's, our God-given faith. And, and again, Romans 12, 6 says that all of us have given, been given a, a proportion to our faith. So we all have been given faith in Jesus. We've been given the faith that we need to believe in Jesus. So let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you ask for because you have the faith. And Hebrews 1.11 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. So that faith is in us. So when we get uh, uh, something in front of us that's too heavy, we need to go to God and his word and, and really press into that and guard our minds until we can see and, and, and see the result of maybe what we're not seeing in the beginning. Faith is seeing the end result when we're not seeing it right now. Maybe praying for a loved one. And the more you pray, the worse they get. Faith is believing that they're going to get it in the end and not giving up. And so we stay in there. We operate in our God-given faith. But we make every effort and every prayer a faith, a faith statement. Guys, salvation is a faith statement. Uh, we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and we are saved. That's a faith statement and, and we're saved. We're justified. Water baptism is a faith statement. For in Christ Jesus, you're all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ. So if you haven't been baptized today and you've been saved, you need to be baptized because that's a faith statement. That's moving forward in who you are in Christ. Sunday school worship and life groups is a faith statement. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. In other words, the countdown's on in our mind. Christ is coming soon. We need to be hanging out together and worship Sunday school groups together. We need to be talking about it at work. And then as we know God, we go save disciples, sin, make disciples. But we have personal faith statements and, and one that I've been dealing with lately. And, that, and I'm, I don't know if I shared it here or not. I can't remember, but it, I will anyway. But the, the China virus shot is required to, to enter Liberia. Uh, yes, I would avoid the COVID shot at all costs unless the Holy Spirit tells you different. And the Holy Spirit told me to go to Liberia. I felt called to Liberia, so I prayed about it, and the Lord told me, go for it. And so as I'm making this faith statement, and I'm praying about it, I'm seeking the Lord. Uh, again, the Lord was ministering to me, Mark 16, 18. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover, Mark 16, 18. And I thought, okay, Lord, I understand that. And so, Lord, and he told me, I, I answered those prayers. And then he recalled to me that Paul was bitten by a viper. 
that he was bitten by a, a viper with fangs that sucked po- or put poison in his blood. And it said, however, in Acts 28, 3, he, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. The Holy Spirit said, trust me, have faith and go take the shot, shake it off. It will cause you no harm. And so by faith, I went out and did that. I'm not saying that I wasn't anxious going in there because like I said, it's everything against what I believed. I didn't want to do that. And, and Liberia is only one of 10 countries that's still requiring that. And I'd hate it if they dropped it in three weeks and I had this stupid shot. I'd hate that. And, and anyway, all these things going through. So I was anxious, but, but yet I didn't give in to the fear. And, and I set the appointment. And I went in. Because God said we need to obey him rather than the man. In other words, our, when our countdown's going on, Christ is coming soon, and we need to be prepared for that. Well, that usurps everything else. And if God's told us to go, we go where God calls us to go because he said he'll look out for us. But anyway, I went in there and I got the shot not knowing that they're supposed to watch us for 15 minutes. I went in there and took the shot and I stood up and I just started doing this because they said it'd be sore. And, and so I was going to shake it out and I felt where it went in and I'm doing this. And she goes, are you okay? <laughs> and I go, yeah, why? And she goes, are you, are you, is your arm sore? And I said, no, I'm just shaking it off. And, and then I realized that she had to watch me for 15 minutes. And so then I quit shaking and I acted like I was fine. No, I was fine. But I shared with her that day what the Lord was doing and that I was totally against this and the Lord told me to shake it out. I'll be okay. I trust you, Lord. But again, the key is God's got to tell you that. Well, you can't hear from God if you don't know God. And so, and then you need to confirm it in the scripture. And guys, I prayed on this for weeks before I did it. But what blessed me is I think every person that went in there from Oakton ministered to this gal. She knew us. She goes, oh, you're with that group. <laughs> truth, it's truth. So I take that as positive. The next step, point four, is love. How we love others and God will either help or hinder our prayers. How many checked me out last week when I said our prayer, our prayers can, can or excuse me, the way we honor our wives can hinder our prayers. How many checked me out on that? I know a couple of you digs come to me. Anybody else? Anybody check me out? You just believe everything I say? If you believe everything I say, God said to give Ken a hundred bucks. Well, now you're, you're second guessing me now, right? All right. I was kidding. Don't give me any money. I want your money. Give it to God. But First Peter 3, uh, 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So how we treat our wives will hinder our prayers. This is what got me. Then he says, verse 8, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, a humble mind, do not repay evil for evil or, or revealing for reviling, but on, on the contrary, bless, 
You guys know what it means to bless? It means to say good things about people. Bless them with prayers. Blessed to this, for, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. And then Peter quotes Psalms 34 right after that. But it says, men, honor your wives so that your prayers may be not hindered. First Peter 3, 7. Then all of you bless others, verse 9, so that you may obtain blessings. Your prayers can be hindered by the way you treat people. Now, a lot of you that I've lost as I look around the room today that just heard me say the wife is a weaker vessel. I saw the elbows both ways. But guys, if you studied Ephesians 5.1 and saw how God laid it out, there's a big honor for both parties. And if you all know the truth, the men's responsibility is wor- or harder, not worse, but harder than any. Because the men's responsibility is they're, they're accountable to God for the way they do treat you. Their job is to, that you're pre- presented holy and without blame. But, but before that, God says to the woman... You know, before it says women submit to men. That's what we always hear that. Again, I'm not prepared to talk about this, but I felt that the Holy Spirit told me to. Ephesians 5, go check me out. But 23, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. But, but anyway, wives submit to your husbands. But people don't realize before that it says submit yourself to each other. So men and women are both submitted to submit to each other. But men are called to a deeper calling hey, you're responsible for your wife and your family, and I'm holding you accountable to that. So wife, do not take that as an insult. When the the word says a weaker vessel, don't take that as an insult. Take it as an honor of who you are in Christ. But when we're not blessing each other and we're not lifting each other up, Just go to 1 Corinthians 13. If we speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, we're what? A noisy gong or a claiming symbol. Maybe that's what our prayers sound to God. Or sound to God like. That's maybe what our prayers sound like to God sometimes. When we're not acting in love all day, but then we go to the Lord and ask him for something. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, If I have all faith so as to remove mountains but not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but but do not have love, I gain nothing. You know, Jeremy, everybody was thinking the other night, probably when you preached, when the Lord said that, that, and I think you were in Matthew 25, but but the Lord said... um, uh, Depart from me, for you do not know me. And the people said, well, I did this in your name. I did this in your name. I did this in your name. And he said, away from me. I do not know you. Well, maybe it's because they didn't do what they did in love. No, no. Just stop. Maybe they did it for personal gain. Because God's ways work. I've seen him work in the business world. God's ways work, but what's our motives? Is it love or personal gain? You see, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. 
It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Guys, that's just not for our wives. You need to love me that way. I need to love you that way. It's called agape love, meaning unconditional love. And the last thing we close with today is is praise his name. We need to continually thank God for the answer. Philippians 4, 7, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Our motives behind our prayers should be glorifying God. And if you're praying for things to glorify God, then, then your prayers will get answered. For whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 14, 13. Colossians 3, 23 is one of my favorite scriptures. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. In other words, our lives should glorify him. But as I say to you guys all the time, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things are going to be coming to you. Let him be glorified in your life. And that's the way I would pray is that Lord be glorified in my life. And then everything else will work out and you're going to be happy and you're going to be wanting to praise God. And, and I'd say that to you today, if you don't, If you can't praise God when he does something good in your life, like you do the Kansas City Chiefs if they score a touchdown today, okay, when they score a touchdown, when God does something in your life, I want you to praise him the same way. Will you wear a shirt to church? Will you wear a shirt to work that says, I glorify God? Think about that. Our Super Bowl is when we meet up with God again. But we can have wins while we're here on earth. We can have district wins. We can have conference wins. We can be the AFC champions. We can be the NFC champions, if you will. In other words, we're going to have victories while we're here on this earth. But the Super Bowl is yet to come. Is the clock ticking down? Praise team. You guys want to come forward? I threw a lot at you today. The stuff I said on the denied, delayed, different, and direct, I picked up out of Luke 1. And I've got a, uh, Todd's got it too, a, a little video if you want to listen to it, or audio. And then we were out of Matthew chapter 4, and then Luke or excuse me, John chapter 14. But, but are you troubled today? Are you troubled about your position in Christ? Are you saved? Because we need to take care of that first. But are you troubled today? If you're good there, are you troubled in another area, maybe for a family member or a spouse or whatever, but... But, but Jesus came, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus wants to 
He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. He wants to take care of whatever you're going through today. He wants to minister to your situation. So you pray, praying is giving it to him. You decide what you want from God and find the scriptures or scriptures that definitely promise you these things. You ask God for these things you want and believe that you have received them. You let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you ask for. You guard against every thought that comes into your mind to try to make you doubt God's word. You meditate on God's promises. You continually thank God for the answer. We make every prayer we have a statement of faith. And I challenge you guys as you stand to your feet to take a look at yourself today. And and again, glorifying God is wanting to be more like Jesus. And so whatever that is today, uh, these altars are here. God wants to, to minister in your life.